Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, this morning we're going to begin a series for the month of November called Margin, Creating Space in an Overwhelmed Life. As we do that, we're going to go through kind of, you know, in a sense, a stewardship series, kind of typical traditional November time frame. As we look at, you know, how we fill our lives and all the areas that we fill our lives from our schedule to our finances to our relationships. And on all this, you think about this for a second, sometimes we are more focused on our doing than on our being. We are more focused on our doing than we are our being. We are defining ourselves by what we do, you know, and to define who we are rather than defining ourselves by who Jesus says we are in his grace and in our baptism. So the first thing, you know, we have to get over is this. We have to get over that we don't have to work for our salvation, for God's approval. I know as Lutherans, at least theologically in the books, we, we know that, we talk about that a lot, yet most of us still live that way. Even at times we don't realize that's how we live. That we often live our lives, we're so busy that we squeeze out any room for God. And I think that's kind of what we see happening here in this scripture that we just read together. So I brought something with me to kind of give you an idea of what it's like to have margins and to live in those margins. This is a very technical device. If you can see what it is, you know what this is? It's, yeah, some of you aren't sure. It's a, it's a balloon. It's just a balloon. Nothing special, just a balloon. But, you know, our lives are kind of like this balloon. Because, you know, we start out when we're little, you know, especially as you get to kind of more like that toddler age, you know, this time of the year, maybe you go and you spend the day at like the pumpkin patch, right? So life gets a little bit busy that day. You know, the great thing is when you're little and life is a little busy, a little full, you know what people say to you when you're kind of like dragging? You're like, oh yeah, he's sweepy, he needs a nap. You know, and they pitch you down, you're going to take a little nap and go to sleep, Right? Now, wouldn't it be great, you know, like, you know, we had the Lincoln Lutheran Choir here with us. If you were, you know, in high school or something like that, some of you are, if when you were tired, the principal said, are you sweepy? Oh, come to the nap room. We got a special room dressed for you, a little cot and a pillow and a blanket. You can curl up and take a little nap. You know, forget the class. You know, if you go to your boss and say, ah, I'm kind of sweepy. Can I take a nap? And your boss says, no. You know, pack your stuff, go, Right? You're probably not going to get away with taking a nap. But, you know, we start our lives out, and life gets a little bit busy. But, you know, there's often a lot of margin in our lives when we're younger. But, you know, then we get into things like elementary school, and life gets a little bit busier. You know, we start adding school and things like maybe dance or karate to our lives. You know, and life gets a little bit fuller. But, you know, even that's not quite so bad. But then you get into middle school. And and for those of you who don't have middle school students or if it's been a long, long time, middle school is much more intense than it used to be. Because not only do you have school, you got all those social dynamics and social media and staying connected. Plus now, you know, you get up and you're involved and there's a greater commitment to those sporting events or those extracurricular activities. And life keeps getting full. And then you get into high school, right? And high school gets even crazier. Because maybe you, you, you go to school, you, now you've got homework, right? And depending on your teacher, maybe depending on the school you go to, you have homework. 
Plus, you've got sports events, right? And you've got a choir. I don't know what else you do. Maybe you've got a job. And you've got friends. You've got to hang out with your friends. And you still hang out with your friends. You should be doing homework. And you've got to get your homework done now that it's late. And life gets busy and it gets crazy, you know, and you begin filling up your life and these demands that, that you place in yourself that, that others place on you, and life gets full. And then you get near about, you know, graduation time. You start thinking about where you're going to go to college and your careers, and life gets full. Some of you look like you're getting a little bit on edge. And, and then what happens? You go to college, right? You go to college, you get two crazy roommates. You know, our life gets nutty, and it gets full, and, you, and you, you're busy with school, and all the extra activities, some of you are starting going, you know, and, and, and it just life doesn't slow down, and then you've just got this car that you hope makes it to graduation, like my daughter prayed that her car would make it to graduation, it's still going, by a prayer, you know, and then you meet the love of your life, you guys, you know, get married, and you get a cat, dog, think life is really busy as you're starting your careers. And those who are a little bit older than you that have kids, like, you have no idea what it's like. You know, and um, then you have a kid, two kids, three kids. I don't know how many kids you're going to have. You, you got a kids. And then they start getting busy, right? They've got swimming lessons and dance. You should know, by the way, that yesterday evening, Tim came to worship. A lot of you know Tim. He usually sits right there. And was doing this, and he said these words prophetically, Pastor, it's going to pop. And guess what happened? As soon as he said that, boom! You should have seen everybody jump. It was kind of funny. I wouldn't do that to you, would I? Well, you know, and, and life gets busier and busier, right? <laughs> you get going, and, and, and now you got kids, you know, and your kids start growing up. You know, and you're getting ahead in your career. And so the eyes on some of you is just kind of crazy. You know, and, and it gets busier and nuttier. And, and you're like, is it ever going to stop? And you just have no room in your life. And then things happen. Let's tell a story, true story. My son would just have fun that I told this story, you know, because life was busy like this. I'm just as guilty as most of you, packing into things. And, and, and being frugal, I wanted to fix my car and which is now my daughter's car, but that, that car I wanted to fix, the door handle I broke. And so I'm going to save some money. I'm going to fill this busy life doing a car repair. And so I had to take the door apart, kind of, you know, get inside of that. And I dropped a screw inside where I couldn't get it. I'm cheap. I don't have a lot of tools. So if I, you know, can't get, I have to figure it out. So I tried, you know, the whole coat hanger thing and a few other things. I think I finally, after a day or so, borrowed something from Dale to fix it. But the one thing my, my son has, still has fun with, this has been, oh goodness, I've been here eight years, so this is probably seven years ago. And he still has fun with this. If you, how many of you are familiar with the, the shows called The Lord of the Rings? The storage? You know that little creepy guy, what his name is? Gollum, yeah. So, so imagine, I, I'm here and I can't get this out. You know, what's about ready to happen to this balloon? It's about ready to explode, right? Have you ever exploded before? And then my son, that's exactly what I did. And I dropped it, and then I just turned around and, you know, and he's like, oh, Dad, you just look, you look just like Gollum right there. You know, and that happens, and sometimes we're like this, and then somebody comes near us, and they start, you know, like, like they got a needle, or they start, like, 
but I don't have a needle. Just want you to make sure you know that. You know, they're going to poke at us. Don't you be a needle near me, because if you do, boom, I'm going to explode. How many of you live your lives kind of like this? Some of you say, no, no. It's a little more like that, right? And, and we, we live our lives with, with little to no margin. And I, and I think that's exactly what we see unfolding in the life of Martha, who in many ways is like a lot of us. That's, that's part of our American culture. Let's take a look here again at the text that Martha has, these words here. Let's read this, Luke 10, 42. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So Mary and Martha, friends of Jesus, they invite Jesus to come over and have dinner. You know, not a big deal. How many of you have ever invited somebody over for dinner? Now, some of you invite someone over for dinner, or if your spouse does, you know, you, you like to make sure things are clean. I kind of get the impression Martha, kind of like Martha Stewart, which is just kind of a weird thing. You know, it's like someone's coming over for dinner, so she had to get things going. And she's getting kind of crazy, and she gets what? She gets distracted. Now, you know the root word for distracted means to be pulled in four different directions. The French, during like the French Revolution, really, really just, you know, made this a great way to torture someone. Now, I won't go into the details, but being pulled in four directions was not a good experience. And, you know, and, and yet a lot of us, we, this is how we live our lives. We feel like we're pulled in four different directions, or maybe it's eight different directions, or maybe it's 24 different directions, and we feel stretched so far that... I just feel like we're going to blow up, that we got no room in our lives. And this is exactly how Martha was. She was so distracted. She was so busy. You know, and it's important for us to know this. Being busy doesn't always mean I'm being faithful. Say that with me. Being busy doesn't always mean that I'm faithful. I mean, Martha was doing a good job. She wanted to serve, you know, Jesus and the crowd that came with him. It was likely a large crowd because this is shortly after Jesus had sent out like the 72, you know, of his followers, those disciples, the larger crowd of disciples, and they'd come back and did their mission report. So she maybe really was busy because she had a lot of mouths to feed. And she's doing all this, and, and she's, you know, trying to be faithful, trying to be a good host, and she is distracted. She's pulled in so many directions, trying to do so many different things. Martha was distracted by the preparations. Being busy doesn't always mean that I'm faithful. Because, you know, we can be busy. And, you know, I tell you what, as a pastor, I can be busy. And the one thing I can do as a pastor that you can't quite do, but you can. And I shouldn't do this. I'm not excusing myself. but just telling you what I and other pastors sometimes do and others who work in the church. We're busy for Jesus. And we can burn out for Jesus. And we can fill our lives with just a little bit more, right? And, and, and say, it's all right, because, you know, my business is okay because I'm doing it all for Jesus, kind of like Martha. And, and we, we do that. But, you know, when we do that, when we get so focused on our identity being on the things that we do and, and how others see us, and it, it, it fills our lives. And sometimes we really are like this balloon. Tim's not here, so no prophetic words from Tim that this balloon is going to pop, right? 
And some of you right now, this is how you feel. You feel like, I just can't take any more. And we are distracted in our schedules, and we're distracted with our finances and our relationships in what we're able to do. But, you know, another thing that's important, and this is what Jesus, I think, is driving to in this, this text here, is many distractions can cause us to miss divine appointments. You know, so here is, okay, we got Mary and Martha, right? You envision that, like, Mary is sitting there listening to Jesus, eating her bag of Doritos, drinking her Dr. Pepper. That's how I envision Mary. I don't know how you envision Mary. You know, listen to Jesus. And, and Martha's going around, got to get this done, got to get this done over here. You know, and we live our lives that way. That sometimes, you know, we live our lives sometimes, we're just crazy going from one point to the next point that we miss with those distractions, those divine appointments, those moments where God intersects and enters our lives. Those moments when, like Mary, we can simply sit at the feet of Jesus and say, what is God inviting me to learn? Who is he inviting me to be? How is he inviting me to react to what's happening in my life and his will and his plan for my life? You know, we get into this thing that I think we say sometimes, I love to show compassion. But I'll give you a story from Scripture, also in Luke's Gospel. Story of the Good Samaritan. Many of you know that story. The story of a man who was traveling down the road, beaten up, left half dead by these thieves. And, you know, three different people come by. The first two is a priest and a Levite. You know, what it is is they had no margin in their lives to show this man compassion. It's the Samaritan who shows him compassion, who has enough margin to show him love, to bandage his wounds, to take him to a you know, hotel and, and put him up and tell the owner, look, I'll take care of any expenses when I come back. And I think we can be just as guilty. I know I've been guilty of that. Those times when I, I think about, you know, when I've been busy, and, and, and I'm busy sometimes, you know, sitting somewhere, and you type in away, got the balloon here, type it away on the computer, working on stuff, and, and you look up, like, at a coffee shop, and somebody looks at you, and you know they're having a difficult day, and yet you try to look away. You know, or the time a while back, I had groceries. I'm hungry. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to grill, you know. So I got all the food, and then the person next to me, you know, they find out somehow I'm a pastor. And sometimes when people find out I'm a pastor, the whole world opens up. And what seemed like for me at that moment at least, you know, five years of listening to their story, it was like five minutes. But, you know, five years, you know, that, that at that moment, you realize that I, I had no room to have compassion in my life just to hear their story. Because simply what they needed to do was have someone just listen to know that, that as a pastor, at least, that maybe God also, you know, is, is hearing me. But we hear what it means for us to live in that love that our God has for us in the words of 1 John 2, 6. And let's read this together. Those who say that they live in him must live the same way he lived. And that he, that him, that is, that is Christ, that's Jesus. So those who say we live in Christ must live the same way that he lived. And how did he live? Well, he allowed for interruptions in his life. We were imitating Jesus. We allow for those interruptions for the sake of others. We allow Jesus to, inter, to intersect with our lives. We also hear this in Paul's words in Ephesians 5, 2. Let's read this together. Live in love as Christ also loved us. Live in that love. Have room, have margin in our lives for his love. 
Because often I think what happens, you know, we, we want to show love, we want to show compassion, but when we fill our lives so full, I won't do this again because there's too many of you now that are starting to go, you're starting to just squint and like you're ready for it to pop and boom. But it's a willingness to act on what he puts in front of me. You know, that, that sometimes I think that happens where our lives are so full that we maybe want to act, but we're not willing to act or don't feel like we can act by what God puts in front of us because we have no margin. And, you know, as you think about the margin in our lives, and think of, let's go back again to, to Mary and Martha. There again, Mary eating Doritos, drinking Dr. Pepper, listening to Jesus. That's my version of what Mary's doing. And, and then Martha's running around crazy, doing stuff, getting things ready. And then she comes and does the unthinkable. Though if you're a parent, you've experienced this before. Because she comes in and she yells at the creator of the universe. Jesus, this isn't fair. Mary is just sitting there eating Doritos and drinking Dr. Pepper. And I'm doing all the work. How many parents have ever heard that kind of conversation before? Yeah. And those of you who are kids... Your parents did the same thing unless they were an only kid. You know, she came and she didn't fully understand what Jesus was inviting her to do. Think about this for a moment. What's driving your busyness? Because as we look at Martha, you know what was driving her busyness? Was it, was it fear? Fear that she wasn't going to match up? Fear that she, she wouldn't be, you know, accepted by Jesus? You know, was it, was it shame? Was it that she, she had to earn his love? I mean, I think that's a lot like you and me. That, that a lot of times what drives us is that sense of fear, shame, and, and that, that need to, to feel like that we've earned this. It's important for us to know that everything we are striving for, all of our striving for love, for need, for significance, is found in Jesus alone. We don't have to work for it. We are saved by grace, as it says in Ephesians, not by anything that we have done. There's no boasting in us. Saved by grace. I mean, that's the gospel. The gospel is he doesn't accept you by the sweat of your brow. He accepts you by the blood that he poured out for you at the cross. So Jesus, in kind of this conversation with Martha, is, Martha, you know, you invited me here on your agenda. You invited me here on your agenda, and I need you to sit down because this is going to get you ready. This is going to get you ready for what I've got planned for you. And see, the, as we talk about that and we think about our busy lives, and I'm, again, I'm just as guilty of filling my life so full of stuff, that the value of spending some time with Jesus, kind of like Mary, even though we want to fill our lives with a lot of things, to have enough margin in our lives so that what God has planned for us, what God intersects in our lives, truly unfolds. Because, you know, if you're going to fill this with a little bit more air, what do you need to do? Blow in it. No, if you're going to fill this with more air, you need to what? Let a little out, right? I mean, some of you feel like this balloon is shrinking, and I could just see the tension in your faces just getting like, oh, dear God, thank you. He's not going to blow up the balloon. But, you know, we, we let that out. That we, we, we allow, you know, as part of our lives, that time with Jesus. So like Mary, maybe we're not eating Doritos and drinking Dr. Pepper, but we have margin in our lives. So that what God has planned for us. Because in Ephesians, 
you know, we talk about we are saved by grace, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Verse 10 says, we are his workmanship, we are his craftsmanship, we are his masterpiece, prepared for the works that he has planned for us. That as we allow for some margin in our lives, we have room for compassion. We have room for God's will to be done in our lives. We're going to pray that in just a little while here, a prayer that we say a lot in worship. You guys know that prayer? Call the Lord's Prayer. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. What's next? Thy will be done. Martin Luther does a wonderful job saying, it's not just thy will be done in the world, you know, in my community, in my church, but thy will, your will be done in my life. Allowing margin in our lives for God's will to be done. Allowing margin so that we live his mission and we share his love. Imagine if this week you kind of, you know, got a balloon like this, freak your family out, you know, and, and then blow it up and see, you know, how full is my life as I think about all the activities. And if I allowed some margin in my life for God, if I allowed, you know, margin in my life so that with all the distractions, I still see and hear what God has called me to do and who he's called me to be in his love. So a challenge for us is this here. How you live with margin so that you can live on mission. How you will live with margin so that you can live on mission, so you can share the love that our Savior has for you. Because with all the business and work that we have, we know that He has done it all for us. That our identity, our value is not in all that we do. It's in what Jesus has done for us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks and praise. Lord, as we think about the margin in our lives, Lord, most of us often live with little to no margin. We busy ourselves with so many things. And Lord, if we're honest, rooted deeply inside of us in that busyness and that pressing ourselves to the very brink of breaking, is that, Lord, we feel like we've got to earn, we've got to demonstrate our faithfulness, we've got to demonstrate our love, we've got to prove ourselves to you and to others. Lord, help us in that good news, in that gospel, know that our worthiness is in what you've done for us at the cross, that you love us, and that love brought you into our world. It brought you to death and the cross and the resurrection from the grave. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd help us to reflect on our lives this day and, and this week, and, and Lord, to see how, you know, we might stop doing one thing so we can start doing a new thing for you. How we might find that room in our lives for your will to be done. How, Lord, even though we can be busy, like Martha, we can take those moments, like Mary, and hear from you. And be prepared for what you have for us to do. We pray this, Lord Jesus, in your powerful name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.